One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right, we're recording. And then I'll do this. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Titian. And this is Didi Midders here. We've been to dinner at uh, Italian Brasserie on Marleybone High Street. Very nice. In fact, nice. We forgot to talk about the arches. Uh, so we're just doing it now while we wait for an Uber to get Titian to Paddington in four minutes. Go careful to the West Country, my love. That's travelling, that is. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we'd do a little... So- oh, we want to say, Bernie, we love you. We, we love want you, to Bernie. see you soon. In my lid. Okay, let's go. So we will sing. Oh, we will sing. Ready? Dum 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 I, I wasn't well, the quite... came. That's why they were following it on Uber, <laughs> and then it said he's going to be here in thirty seconds, and they panicked. I should think there is something mesmeric. What mesmeric? Me... <laughs> how, how do I say it, Lucy? Mesmeric. Yeah, or mesmerizing. There you go, mesmerizing about watching that little blue dot. Yeah. Get ever and then when he starts to go backwards for no apparent reason, do you think? Where's he yes. coming? <laughs> yes. <laughs> doing random U-turns or whatever, or because the GPS has had a hiccup, and you're like, and there's nothing worse. You see it coming towards you, and then it just like it comes to a full stop, and then jumps past you as well. Yes. But anyway, your Uber has been cancelled. What? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> First world problems. Talking about, but Uber's <laughs> been cancelled. Full stop, hasn't it? But anyway, that's a conversation for another bit of the show, folks. Because this is Dumb Be Dumb, this show about the reality docudrama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the lovely warm exercise that is Roy Field Brown, and with me at the surly pensioner that is Freeman. And the last part of Lower Lox's theatrical folks is you. Now this week's Dumb Be Dumb is from Titian and Die. I love me some diet and I love me some titian. And them pair like to go out on the lash, don't they? They do. Mm-hmm. Quite envious. Absolutely. I, I'm most envious. And I want to know why you and I were not invited along. You or I were not invited along to this piss up, Lucy. Why not? Probably because you're 2,000 miles away. I don't know what my excuse is. <laughs> 2,000? just don't like me. I don't know where you are. Where are you? I'm in San Francisco. 
Oh, so more than 2,000. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's more like eight. But who's oh, counting? It? Gosh, okay. Who's counting? Who's counting? I mean, clearly, that's so, why you asked me, Ben. Uh, well, that, well, yeah, counting incorrectly. Uh, but tell you what I did last week, which is rather pleasant. But then again, it throws things into sharp relief. Um, I had, I was treated to a nice little bit of a uh, luncheon by Andrew Horn and Nancy Dickey um, mm. on, on the South Bank. Uh, we had a nice little bit of uh, pre-Christmas tucker together. Uh, there was lots of chat about the archers, about life, love and the universe. And then the next day, um, you know, you come back, I uh, jumped on a plane, came back and literally where we had it was just around the corner from that dreadful stabbing on London Bridge. And it oh. done off, make you think. Turn yeah. off, make you think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But putting all that terribleness to one side, um, thank you, Nancy, and thank you, Andrew, for um, taking me out and buying me a little bit of lunch. And, oh, no, I've got to thank Nancy because Nancy told, told Andrew and I to put our cards away. Stop it, boys. Stop trying to, you know, be men. <laughs> Fuck off! Aww. I'm paying for this. This woman's got nice. this. She said as she pulled out a, a, a gold Amex card out of her uh, <laughs> uh, Cartier bag. So uh, thank you for that, Nancy. And it was lovely walking back to London Bridge Station with you and having a little bit of chat, little bit of a chat about life, love, and the universe. Anyway, Lucy, there's a whole load of writing here in red, so I'm just going to say this, uh, Lucy. If somebody wants to send us a dumpy dum, how can that be done? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices, and for, ste- oh no, not stepping in so beautifully last week because that was the week before, and to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is very annoyed that he failed the audition for Father Christmas this week. As Harrisman said, he was wearing his red pyjamas, but he thinks he might have lost the audition when he emptied his sack all over the village hall floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great Santa reference. Well done. Um, On this week's episode, folks, we hear views from Babs and Trev. I've got a massive soft spot for Babs and Trev. I I met them at uh, Brum Live. And yeah. I kind of, that's kind of the relationship that I want. But anyway, love you, yeah. Babs and Trev. Uh, Joshua, New York, Nigel, Maeve, Claire, Witherspoon and Nick. But first, before all that good stuff and before I just like prattle on and wax lyrical about Babs and Trev, it's our loose and a week in Ambridge. <laughs> This week was brought to you by that fabulous country and western duo, Glenda Belcher and Oki Bank. Even my daughter, who doesn't listen to the archers, walked past the radio and shouted, For God's sake, stop saying Oki Bank! We began the week with Leonard proposing to Pip. Each day with you has been a gift. Then he put his glasses on and realised he'd got the wrong woman. Entirely redeemed himself in my eyes, though, by referring to Pip and David's conversation as cow chat, which is what they should rename the entire programme. And now let's catch up with what's been happening in Ambridge with Cow Chat. Jill turned Leonard down <laughs> like a bedspread. David was aghast as he'd finally realised that if he got a new daddy, he might get an extra Christmas present. You said no, you turned him down, but you're an old lady, mummy. Who else is going to want you? He distracted himself by ferrying Rosie about. 
Did you have a good time at nursery? Asked Ruth back from the dead. Nursery was brilliant. Finger painting, playing in the sand, and I did a poo all by myself, said David. Rosie, at the insanely precocious (laughs) age of one and a half, was apparently trying to draw and write. Admittedly, she just drew a picture of her mother as a cow. Oh, look, she's given me massive udders, cooed Pip. But at this rate, she'll be running the farm by the time she starts preschool. Helen was reinforced in her belief that bad things happen whenever she leaves Bridge Farm, or the big out there, as Pat and Tony refer to it. She froze in Underwoods. There are big people here with fierce faces, all lights and shiny, she said, clutching Krusty for support. Henry saw his moment and legged it at the speed of light for the fire exit, only to be dazzled halfway through the lingerie department by the blinding white of Lee's trainers. Poor old Johnny (laughs) has been dumped by Bella. Rejection isn't brilliant. She said he was needy and <laughs> Well done. Well that's quite good. Well she said he was needy and different. Well, he's always been different, let's face it. But needy? He seemed to me to be the world's lowest maintenance boyfriend. All he wanted was a bit of a cuddle while he watched Country File and to sometimes be allowed to play with her optics. However, he was very hurt, bless him, and is now skulking around the village trying to avoid her. You'd think it would be quite easy to avoid a woman we've never heard speak, but this week Bella appeared to be ubiquitous, although she sounded Mm. a bit of a miserable lump, so Josh is welcome to her. The only place (laughs) she wasn't was the BL meeting. Oh, I did enjoy that. There was Ira who kept raising objections and good old Rav taking the minutes. I love the fact that Ambridge boosts its diversity quotient by making its ethnic characters silent. I like a good BL meeting, though. Everyone sounded very world-weary and cynical. There was lots of, damn it, Marjorie. And then Phoebe gave her brilliant business pitch, sadly without the support of Grandad Brian, who said, You can't go in and rely on family throughout your life, Phoebe, as I was saying to your great granny when she gave you half a million quid and you persuaded your aunt to talk to her boyfriend to get you this pitch in the first place. Anyway, they thought they'd messed it up and then Justin basically declared his intention to use the three rewilding stooges as more greenwash than a pot of farrow and bull grasshopper's leg mat undercoat. It seemed to come as something of a shock to them that BL was a business and that it might want some sort of business deal rather than putting 250 acres in a Christmas stocking with a note stuck to it saying, here are some fields for you. (laughs) And that only happened because Rex was utterly unscrupulous in his, we're cut from the same rugby shirt, you and I, approach to Justin. (laughs) That's another good one. This is a good one this week, wasn't it? (laughs) Who said... Yes, boarding is how you learn how to engage with the world on equal terms. People who are equally as privileged as you. And then described getting sardines on toast with holly in it for Christmas dinner at school. That's not engaging the world on equal terms or privilege, Justin. That is child cruelty. And it explains quite a lot. The Grundy world of Christmas is on its way, heralded by one of the most splendidly bonkers scenes we've had for a while. It started Mm. with Russ heading to the church hall on the lookout for an old chest. I thought his taste veered more towards young chests. But anyway, Clary went a bit servile with Russ. Would you like a cup of tea, Mr. Jones? Can I get you a seat, Mr. Jones? It was like the Britas Empire. Thank you, Mr. Britas. <laughs> Bizarrely, they were queuing around the block to play Santa. Kenton had apparently stuffed himself with cushions, which must have been deeply uncomfortable unless it reminded him of his time in the Merchant Navy. Harassment Burns ramped up the Peter K <laughs> so much I kept expecting him to start talking about garlic bread, which would have been infinitely preferable to him wanging on about a naughty elf driving his little walnut car through the village. Then, and someone tell me if I didn't hear this right, but did Eddie say his sons were going to be elves? William and Edward, 
a crackhead and a suicide risk. Can you imagine them standing in green tights either side of harassment? Ed on his phone, moodily texting Emma, while William, the pom-poms on his elf hat getting in his eyes, looks yearningly towards the 12 bore he's left propped in the corner. Well, ho, ho, bloody ho. So Demetrius has left. What a shame we never got to know you, Demetrios. You sounded so well-rounded. Linda insisted on ruining a perfectly nice leaving do, being held at a local Greek restaurant. Tim's Taverna. You didn't put a lot of thought into the name, did you, Tim? <laughs> Still, I suppose yeah. I could accuse you of cultural appropriation. Anyway, what is supposed to happen at a leaving do is the following. There is always someone crying in the loo for no apparent reason. At 9.45, everyone realises they could either go home now or do something stupid. So someone suggests flaming Sambucas and the evening instantly descends into Dante's seventh circle of hell. There has to be someone with a calculator working out how much one portion of hummus between 17 costs, minus whoever didn't have a pudding. And at 11.55, the waiters stop stacking chairs while the party sings ABBA to bring out a tray of little glasses full of sticky green liquid, which they describe as Icarian liqueur. And it's actually night nurse, as it's the only way they can think of making everyone sod off home. That is how leaving dues are supposed to go. But Linda ruined it by making everyone pretend to be a Greek god. Oliver pranced around like a tit while everyone shouted at him until Tracy said, we could all see you're a Poseidon. And he said, yes, I'm sorry, I forgot to zip up when I left the gents. Then Freddie did one and he was tedious, the Greek god of overprivileged tossers. And then Linda started smashing up the world's dresser <laughs> and they all had to leave. Like most leaving dues, it was much more fun listening to how awful it was than actually being there. But that's the archers for you, going to awful things so we don't have to. The end. Oh, well done you. You know what, Lucy? Right. When you in future say, my monologue is a cracker this week, I'm I very didn't happy say with that. it. I said I quite liked it. That's as far as I go. That's okay. As All right. I'm, I'm your hype man, Lucy. I'm your hype man. I'm just hyping you. Right. Okay. When you off mic say, Royfield, brace yourself. This week is going to be the bollocks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Even then, like you're hiding your light under under a bushel. That was very good this week. So much. Infinitely better than last week's monologue. It was infinitely better than last week's because last week's was written in about seven and a half minutes because <laughs> that's all I had time for. Oh, dear. Well, well done, Freeman. Um, excellent. Excellent monologuing as always. I now, was helped uh, by a bloody marvellous week. Again, courtesy of Nick Warburton, who mm. I love Warburton Weeks. Uh, it's just brilliant. I loved it. I love even if they'd... That Santa, even the I know Santa, the Santa con. Even come the on. Santa thing. Come on, Luce. Could have what? Luce, come on now. What? You you like the Santa con thing? Well, no, it was completely ridiculous. But it could okay. have been a lot worse if you'd imagined some of them writing it, naming mm. new names. I don't mean Mister Mister Uncle God Kerry, obviously. Um, but no, I thought it was. I think I thought Eddie March. You know, you'd imagine him in sort of jodhpurs with a riding crop like that. Like a German film director. Go, right, Russ Jones, come on, have I got time? And then and then poor old Leonard starting off with his ho ho, right next. <laughs> he said, I'm quite big in Yorkshire. I quite liked it. Mm. Sorry, you didn't, uh, did you? Did you hate that? Nah, bit? nah. I just thought, what the hell is going on here? Obviously, we're on a nostalgia kick for Grundy World of Christmas because of yeah. because of Joe because of joe and though i'm wondering i'm wondering whether 
we're having the Grundy World of Christmas completely in lieu of the panto because mm. Joe has passed. Well, no, and, and we've got the, the ghost stories too, haven't we? Yeah, true, Which true, true, true. Which will no doubt be put out as a separate thing like they did the Canterbury Tales. True, but normally the oxygen would be sucked out of the Ambridge room because yeah. of Linda Snell and the yeah. Bloody Panther. Yeah. And we don't yeah. have that this year. Right? No. So they're replacing it with um, circa 1995, Grundy World of Christmas. Yeah. And uh, a ghost story of which uh, the actor that plays Jim, my, oh, my, oh, my. He, he's, he was just made for that yeah. type of thing yeah. in mind, wasn't he? Yeah. He's just Oh, and I love the bit in the attic brilliant. as well, when, when Ross is trying to get him to curl up in a fetal ball. And he said, no one's anxiety is going to be helped by watching me pretend to be an old woman curled <laughs> up on the floor. <laughs> and he's now, such an ass, Ross, trying to, trying to emotionally blackmail him about Elizabeth. When he's got no idea what Jim's been through himself. And, you know, how dare you rope in someone true. else's mental illness to, to you know, true. get your own Very brain. true, very true. But Jim is a curmudgeon himself. And he is a self-righteous prick in and of himself. He is. He's all of those things. So instead of him just saying, oh, you know, let, let, let's kind of like give it a go. You know, I'm not quite sure about this. You know, like, nope, nope, nope. But anyway, it was a nice scene it was a nice scene but i slightly i'm at variance with you in terms of your thoughts and feelings about last week as a whole i like the fact that it was kind of all over the place that we had a whole load of characters which are fundamentally uh, d-list apart from helen who kind of like took the stage but i don't know loose i don't know well i don't mind nothing happening, as we know, which is a good job, really, isn't it? But I like when nothing happens, there to be good writing to listen to. And there was. So, you know, it's nothing. there's nothing worse than when nothing happens and it's badly written. <laughs> but, uh, yes, if nothing's going to happen and it's, and it's ridiculous, at least it could be well-written ridiculous. And it was, I think. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? I could witter on. Um, ad nauseum about last week but considering that we have uh, quite a few caller in us uh, let's do a bit of this hello ambridge 3962 uh, and let's start in the city that used to be called new amsterdam hello dumpty dummers everywhere it's new york nigel here over the past few weeks, I'm not quite sure what I've been listening to. I loved <laughs> Eddie's farewell speech to his dad. But to be honest, most of the time I'm trying to figure out if we're listening to some, you know, Joe Orton or One Foot in the Grave, Steptoe and Son, bit of a whiff of To the Manor Born thrown in. Mm -hmm. uh, the Archers does comedy best when it stays true to the nuances of English class played against this sort of background, the depth of the characters that we actually love, like Susan or the class pretensions of Helen 
or Linda. The only way I can like Helen at the moment is to read her as a comedy character since the stabbing thing. There have been some harrowing stories this year. Joe's death has been one of the saddest, and I've got a feeling that some of the stories are long planned and carefully thought out, and some of the stories have to be scraped together when certain beloved actors die. And the death of Caroline and the slightly bizarre stories of Tracy and Oliver and the purely wacko story of Joe and the gender illusion <laughs> artist connection feel like sort of stopgap stories for the ones that they would like to have told in the best possible uh, world. Um, I've always thought that the stories about Christmas theatre are a bit self-indulgent, but I'd like to imagine our actors having a mince pie, good old Christmas get-together about two months ago when the current episodes were recorded, playing up this thespian angle, having a toast to the real actors that they've lost. And I hope it's a really nice therapeutic moment for them. And it's sort of a nice therapeutic moment for us. We get to hear the actors that we love pretending to be actors and good yeah. luck to them. And at American Thanksgiving, the Archers and Dumpty Dum are two things I'm thankful for this year. Bye now. Ooh. Could we cut that down to the wire, didn't he? I th- it did. <laughs> I think it's very difficult for them to pretend to be acting. It's weird. Mm. When they were doing the, oh, I'd, but I, yeah, uh, like the, the, the auditions for um, the Canterbury Tales last year. It was sort of odd, but yeah, I think it's I think it's quite a hard. Uh, Harriet was talking about drunk acting, and I think an actor pretending to act is hard. Yes, those are my insightful. Mm. I'm sure you'll find that riveting, chaps. <laughs> there is um, a program on Netflix called The Kaminsky Method. It stars Michael that. Douglas. I've just started watching it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's brilliant. It's so it good. Is. It is. It's kind of like a softer it's curb a- your enthusiasm, isn't it? Without the Absolutely. insanity. There was. Um, so, so the setup is for people that don't know um, that Michael Douglas, uh, Sandy Kaminsky, is the is an acting coach and he has an acting school in Los Angeles. And it's basically the story of being a senior, a senior citizen. Uh, it's him and his pal. In a, in a city that celebrates, that almost entirely celebrates youth. youth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And... It is just it's lots of jokes about your prostate, yeah, and but still what but still wanting to date, wanting to pee all the time, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It is one of the most wonderfully life affirming things you're going to see, uh, without being totally schmaltzy, you know. And um, and one of the things which I really think is quite remarkable about that is exactly your point. It is about people pretending to mm. act. So the so he he takes these classes with these much younger mm. actors, and they are emoting dreadfully, <laughs> uh, and and you think right they they they're acting a straight role and they're acting that they're acting yeah. you know and and it is all levels of meta, yeah. but wow what a lovely yeah, program it really is. is I've binge watched the two seasons mm. in less than a week. And you, you have such a sense of loss when, when you get to the end. It's like, oh, yeah. come back, you know. <laughs> carry on, keep doing things that yeah. I can watch. Yeah, it's nice, really nice. P- please watch it. it and it's it, a it's very nice antidote to all the other awfulness that's going on at the moment. It's just a pleasant little mm, yeah. divergence. Yeah. Talking of pleasant little divergences, who's next? Mm. Uh, oh, do you know, I, for the first time in four years, Royfield, I dreamt about you last night. Yes. 
well, it's been five, but it's five. counting. Um, did I live up to expectations? It wasn't that sort of dream. You were in, <laughs> you were in, otherwise I would never have told you, mm. would I? You were in a, um, <laughs> um, we were in, a, we were together and we were in some sort of antique shop. No, like a, like um, an antique fair. And you were wandering around looking at all this mm. stuff. And you just kept saying to me, can you hold this? Just hold this. And you were giving me reams and reams and reams of cable to hold. Tech cable. And it was everywhere. And every time, the, the armful of this cable kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And every time I turned around, I'd sort of bump into something or knock something over because I was holding all this cable. And you were just drifting around looking at things while I was hauling. And I thought... This is flipping Zencaster. I'm dreaming. I've 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 incorporated Zencaster into my subconscious, and the fact that we are having to haul our way through these um, uh, shows with an mm. inadequate system, and that's what it was. I'm now dreaming about it. Ridiculous. Anyway, that was all. Nothing exciting. At no point did you remove your trousers. I'm pleased to say. <laughs> um, oh, awesome. Right, uh, that was a diversion. Now let's have a little bit of our Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dum Dum. Claire from Clapham here. I keep forgetting to ring in, uh, and then the weekend's gone, so I'm just trying to remember to get back into the habit. <laughs> I was going to ring earlier in the week, actually, and sort of comment on about how Ruth and David offering a very teeny tiny amount of land to the rewilding project was a masterstroke because it, like, didn't really cost them very much it was tiny amount and then it meant that they showed some willing and at the time I was thinking oh that's brilliant on their part because they'd come out looking good and then the whole thing's going to collapse and then the money will go to the uh, Brookfield project anyway now that obviously uh, Justin's thrown this other offer into the mix I don't know how that's going to play out however the other thing I wanted to talk about was Thursday's episode with all the uh, Santa auditions. Well, obviously, there's a whole host of things that were crazy about this, but um, two things to kind of talk about, really. One is that I recently commented on a um, bit of a question from Jerome Turner, who's doing a piece of work for next year's Academic Archers about why people hate the archers. And I said that I really hate and they kind of artificially create ridiculous competitions. And I started off Thursday thinking, oh, God, here we go again. It's another yeah. ridiculous competition. But by the time we got to the end, I loved it. I had a great time with that episode by the end. But it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I think Harrison will make a decent Santa. But one thing that I really noticed was how sensitive uh, Clary was with Eddie. Eddie was... He's really struggling at the moment and he wants to hold it all together and she helped him get it sorted and he wants everything to be perfect. And I, my heart went out to him. So um, I do hope that he can come through this period of grief. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Bay. Couldn't agree more, Claire, especially I loved it when he said, but it's Christmas. I've got to get it right for Christmas. It's all got to be perfect for Christmas. And it was really sort of, there was a note of desperation in his voice that you don't often hear with Eddie. Um, because he's normally quite kind of he tries to brush things off anyway but um yeah I thought that was that was really sad and I thought Clary was very tactful she sort of helped him without making it very too clear that she was um helping him and um and also it hadn't crossed my mind I just thought how ridiculous all these people wanting to be Father Christmas when normally it's a job that people try and avoid um 
But then when they said, oh, no, we're trying to, you know, everyone's doing it because they want to support the Grundies. And I thought, oh, actually, that's really, that's really nice. Mm. I don't know, but isn't Harrison just a little bit too young to be a Santa? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? Once you've got the big beard on and all you can see is their eyes. Mm. I did like the fact that the only thing he could, the only naughty thing he could think of an elf to do was speeding. (laughs) What have you done? Speeding? (laughs) It was ridiculous. (laughs) I think this whole SantaCon thing has definitely divided opinion. Um, And at the start of Claire's Court, I was completely behind her the whole sense of false competitions and uh, or at least ridiculous competitions to have some level of uh, conflict to drive along plot. But, um, and then I, it, for me, it just went downhill from there. But, you know, I'm in that maybe uh, 40, 48% of listeners that hated it. And uh, I think you're in the 52%, you and Claire. But I was Santa once. Were you? And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it was my kid's mum. She dragooned me into being Santa. Um, There was uh, her church. So Ella was about two. Noah would have been either four or five at the time then if Ella was two. And she says, right, all the dads have been Santa. You've got to be Santa. And I'm like, hello, black Santa. (laughs) Like this. She says, don't be so racist. (laughs) Oh, my God. Being racist, like the dude was from Turkey, forward slash Northern <laughs> Europe, right? Name black, right? Anyway, she says, yeah, "Well, I put your name down on the list. You got two hours of being Santa. All the dads are doing it, right?" <laughs> so, I, uh, I I dress up and I'm Santa, and uh, first couple of kids walk in, the look on their face, <laughs> it was shock <laughs> with disappointment oh, with bewilderment. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and they were quite big kids. They were about eight at the time or something like that. So, like, they're at the cusp of knowing that this is all a, a load of nonsense, right? But, you know, they, they uh, kind of sat down. to say that because people with and, uh, sometimes little ones listen to this, don't they? I didn't say why it was nonsense. No, okay. Anyway, so, and uh, so they sat down and they kind of looked at each other. These two boys looked at me <laughs> and I went, with, oh, 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 have you been a good boy this year? Oh, all this kind of nonsense. And they're like, yeah, we have Santa. And uh, I forget what the heck they wanted. A He-Man, just whatever. Oh, God, I'm showing my age. Uh, an Incredibles, Mr. Mr. Incredible. It was like, it was yeah. like, you know, it was around about that time. Anyway, yeah, then... Noah comes in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he looks me straight in the eyes and he goes, Santa? <laughs> goes, Hello, little boy. <laughs> Have you been good this year? And he goes, Santa? <laughs> anyway, so he gets through the whole pretense, right? And I'm not sure if he actually knows who I am. Right? Let's say he's four, four slash five. Oh. Ella comes in. Takes one look at me, a face just drops Lucy. She just goes, Ooh, ha, ha. that girl screamed the oh place my down. God. My mum had to like take her out. Like, it's, oh my God, oh my God. Right. So that was that. So I do my two hours of Santa and that's that. Back at home, a couple of hours later, Noah comes in. He says, Dad, are you Santa? I went, what are you talking about? And he said, hmm, because... He had your shoes on. 
<laughs> said, that bastard, I wonder who's been stealing my shoes. <laughs> oh. the, the very fact that he was sat on my knee, looking me straight in the face. <laughs> <and he ran laughs> the shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, God. Anyway, that, there's my Santa story. Right. Uh, that's, that was our Claire from Clapham. And now, oh, blast from the past, caller from the very first show, it's our Maeve. Hello, Royfield. Hello, Lucy. Hello, everybody. Hello. It's Maeve from uh, In the Big Press here. Um, although I don't need to be sitting in the big press hiding from my children anymore because they've discovered that I phone into this podcast. I have this little <laughs> secret life um, that, they, that they knew nothing about. Uh, a friend of my ex-husband's, uh, Wendy, uh, made the connection and um, my ex-husband spoke to my children today and both Olivia and Tom contacted me and said, do you phone into a podcast? And I said, yes, I do. And then when they discovered it was the Archers podcast, I think they just kind of moved on very quickly. Um, but I lost interest. But it got me thinking about the secret life. I've had this little secret life where I phoned into a podcast, you know, and I thought about other secret lives, being a spy um, or doing something amazing. And my secret life is phoning into a, a podcast about uh, the Archers. Um, so, yeah, so I'll just leave that thought there with you guys. Mm. Anywho, moving on. I did listen this evening and I was very, very impressed with Freddie. Normally, I think he's just a complete twerp. Can't stand him, him and his privilege. Uh, but yeah, he was spot on with Josh, who's been a real snake in the grass and snogging poor old Johnny's girlfriend. Um, so yeah, so well done, Freddie. Uh, and no Tracy Horbin though. I love Tracy Horbin. Tracy Horbin, I love you. I think you're fantastic. And I really, really, really enjoy the episodes that you're in. So... For this until Christmas, I am only going to listen to the episodes that I know that Tracy Horvin's in because it just cheers <laughs> me up. You know, grim times, and Tracy is a beacon uh, of hope um, in a rather um, troubled and muddled world. So, yes, yeah, so no pressure, Tracy. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, bye, guys. See you soon. Bye now. Hi. Oh, bye bye. And it's lovely to hear her so hearty and hail. Yeah, but she sounds, she's still whispering. I think she's forgotten she's not in the big press and she doesn't have to hide anymore. She's still whispering. <laughs> it's all right. You're free. Fly, my pretty one. Fly. <laughs> yes. So, yes. I think Tracy is a woman or the sort of woman you need to deal with these times. I am worried, though, that she is going to get dumped by Roman, but... I then think that she will hook up with Oliver, who sounded very sad at the leaving do when he realised that she'd gone off with Roman. Don't mm. you think? Uh, you know, I I didn't properly attune my ear to that episode. Right. I'm going to be, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a little bit quiet really on the detail of what went on last week. I listened to every episode, but... But you have no it, idea what nuance. happened. Right. Oh, I can't. There was a load of plate smashing. Yeah. Henry went missing. Oh, talk about Henry going missing. Mm. Do you remember what I said at Dum De Dum Live? You said Lee was going to come back. Mm, well, I didn't actually say that. But what I did say was that Helen was is worried about Henry being out without her. Yes. And there's yes. the whole. And then there you go. So we had mm. that little bit of foreshadowing mm. and that she is paranoid mm-hmm. about him uh, being out of her sight. And then mm. there you go. 
certain. So um, I'm patting myself on the back for that. But like, I don't know, plate smashing. There was uh, some Greek character shoehorned in who we've never heard of before. A whole load of Santas. Uh, bonkers storyline about rewilding and people going up against seasoned businessmen. Blah 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 blah. That that's me in last week. Uh, so I've been quite quiet, and I'm just here just to laugh at your gags and press buttons this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing much has changed. Then people are saying. <laughs> You're going to press buttons at random or in any sort of order that makes sense? No, no, in the the order of which I have the calls laid out on my laptop. Okay. Now, um, so that was Maeve. Now, this couple, um, I must admit, I've got big love for them. Mm. I met them at uh, Dum De Dum Live. And it's uh, Baz and Trev. Now, Luce. Yes. You know, when you just see a couple and you go, I wish I was like like, Couple goals. Couple goals, as my mm. daughter would say. Yeah, they're just like they seem so lovely. I know, and, and he had his arm around her watching the show as well, which was very it's, sweet. It's just you know, it was very but, sweet. But possibly he was trying he to made... stop her running away. I don't know. He could have just been <laughs> trying to stop her leaving. Well, I'll tell you what. Then he's had twenty plus years of it. I think mm. they've been together for tw- no thirty years. They got together late eighties, early nineties. I got the whole backstory. They met at some old soul do, and then they'd just come back from um, a few days in Montreal. They do everything together. Totally loved up. Oh bloody hell! It made me look at my own life. Anyway, here's Baz and Trevor. Love you, Pe. Here we go. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all dumb tea dummers around the world. Babs and Trev here. Last time we said where we were from, but not where we live now. We live in Ealing, West London, known as the Queen of Suburbs. Yeah, we're really posh these days. <laughs> so, Trev, what do you think about the whole Lily, Johnny, Bella, Russ, Elizabeth, Pentagon? Not sure about the shape, Babs. I just wanted to say the word Pentagon. <laughs> well, Bella's out of the picture, I hope. But like many folk, I do think Lily and Johnny might hook up in time. In fact, yeah. I half expected them to have a drunken snog at the party. I also can't shake the feeling that Elizabeth and Russ might end up comforting each other, if only briefly, once Lily comes to her senses. I'll be glad if Lily and Russ split. Um, I think she thought he was a kind of sophisticated, educated an intelligent man and what she was looking for, but actually he's none of those things. He's just a prat. Agreed. <laughs> um, so this week I really enjoyed the Santa X Factor. Um, it's a relief for kids everywhere that Russ didn't get the vote, yeah, especially absolutely. if he'll be on the lookout for a new Lily. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the Russ. I was amused by him inviting the pref to imagine what he could do with the child windmill and the prof's dry assurance that he was doing exactly that. (laughs) Finally, I must be really thick. Uh, I listened so carefully this week to the rewilding pitch, um, but I still don't get how you make a business from it. I work for a charitable trust, but there's no way they'd get any of my budget. And what a sharp Justin is, though. Don't you just wish you'd take a day off and do somebody, anybody, a favour just for the hell of it. Mm. Anyway, that's all from us. Keep up the good work, guys. Love and hugs to all. Bye. Bye. Uh, Lucy, yes. now, first observation, I was saying Baz and Trev, and it's Babs and Trev. Second right? observation, so that, that's number one. Ealing is only called the Queen of Suburbs by people that live in Ealing. Third observation, mm-hmm. over yeah. to you. Third observation is, do you see how tightly they work together? Well, the interplay. You know, as soon as one one spoke, made made a point, then the other one came in. Do you think 
they could be the new Royfield and Lucy. Yes. They were really good. And also... Well, they're better than us. They can't be the new us because they're better than us. They can be the replacement (laughs) us. The new improved us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's us retired and pensioned off. Babs and Trev, come on down. (laughs) Assume the mantle. They were very, very good. See, Babs like the, 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 the Santa Con. Well... You want to look at the Flick app. And Drew Drew from Tokyo, he hated it too. It has divided opinion. And can I say a big shout out to the people on the Flick app? Uh, Big hugs, love you lots. Uh, You're awesome. And uh, keep it up, folks. Now, uh, that's Babs and Trev over there in Ealing. And uh, who gave us a little bit of comedy? And how about a little bit of uh, our Nick? Hello, dum-de-dum, Royfield and Lucy and everyone else. It's Nick Maxfield here at Waking Craken on the Twitter. I just wanted to say I love Tony. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's boring. But wouldn't he make a great Father Christmas? Wouldn't be scary? Um, I'm not quite so sure if I'd want to be sitting on Russ's knee, not if I was a youngster. Anyway, <laughs> Dumpty Dum's kept me going while I've been marking some very dire history papers um, and made me chuckle, particularly with Lucy's comment about the giant marmot. That's the town where I live. <laughs> um, and I was thinking, wouldn't that make a brilliant contribution to the Grundy world of Christmas? Um, they can maybe have a, um, I don't know, giant ferret. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Um, anyway, thanks for a brilliant show, keeping me laughing. And lots of love from me and my chickens, Clary and Susan, <gasps> um, and my new scrawny chickens, Tracy and Helen. Don't have many feathers yet, but um, I keep showing people pictures of them. They're lovely. Anyway, talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, I really want chickens, and she's got chickens called Clary. Oh, that's. <laughs> I'm really jealous. That sounds amazing. Ah. <sighs> Hmm. Yes. It was a real kind of like squeal from you when you realised who she was. I know. I've been following her for ages. She's very funny. Oh, mm. awesome. Yes. All right. So, so Nick, awesome. Um, hello. Thank you. Welcome for being part of uh, of stuff. Uh, now, I'm going to press a button, and this could be a leap into the dark because I forgot to put, put the name on, on this call here. <laughs> so uh, let's just go for it. Heaven knows what beast of fury will be unleashed hello there lucy royfield and all the Ah, other dumpty dummers out there this is josh from philadelphia the uh the bunting boy from the states (laughs) finally uh calling in again after quite a few months it's been unfortunately had a a series of unfortunate events that have taken place uh that with a combination of some meditation and uh good insurance have made my way through, but I haven't forgotten about everybody. I've been listening, keeping up, uh, and I was hoping to make my return caller in error for the 300th show when, and I kid you not, you cannot make this stuff up, um, I was already, had my notes down, when my neighbor uh, comes over to our house and announces that the adjoining house to ours, which we share a wall with, was in fact on fire. Oh my so God. I unfortunately didn't make the, the 300th show. <laughs> But uh, hopefully I'm now going to break my uh, my streak of bad news uh, by finally 
calling in again. And I think it was the curse of Dumpty Dum uh, that had me go in there. So I, I promise to uh, to check in a little bit more. Uh, so again, hoping everybody is well. Not much to say about what's going on right now. Um, I think this whole rewilding storyline is just absolutely positively about as interesting as wet mm. cardboard. Um, yeah. Give us something to work with here. Uh, I do like Joy. I think she is going to end up being, again, I think as somebody mentioned, another Linda Snell. Uh, and I think, you know, we're going to have a moment where really she is going to shine. And I think we're going to see uh, see her past. And, yeah, we're going to love her to death. Sorry if you don't agree with me. <laughs> Hope you all are well. Uh, love you. Send in love from the States. Uh, bye. bye. I can't believe that the house next to him was on fire. That's terrible. <laughs> you know, you sometimes yeah. you have those days, don't you, where you wake up in the morning and you think, what have I got to do today? I must get that parcel to the post office. I've got to um, do this, do that. Oh, and it's really stressing me out that I've got to, um, you know, I've got to get to, to I've got to make sure I'm back in time to pick up my dry cleaning before they shut. <laughs> And then at the end of the day, something like that happens. The house next door to you sets on fire or something. Or there's an earthquake or, you know, something astonishing happens. And at the end of the day, you look back on what you were supposed to be doing that day. And it all seems so unbelievably small and unimportant and just ridiculous that you were ever, that you ever even thought you might have a normal day that day. It's really weird. Mm. And yes, so... I do hope that you are all right and that your house is all right. And um, I can see why you were doing a lot of meditation <laughs> after that and all the other things that you're having to deal with. Mm. And, and, you know, it's nice to hear his voice again, because I, I must admit, over the last few weeks, I, I did kind of say to myself, what's happened to... Uh, what's happened to my man crush, you said. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. He's the gentleman I kind of most want to be other than like Captain America. I really want to be Captain America because he's awesome. If I can't be Captain America, you could be Captain Canada. Josh. <laughs> Your special spell could I, be I inability yeah. to think... say the word about. But anyway. <laughs> where, where do I derive my powers? Is it from maple syrup or yes. something? Yes. Awesome. And you wear right. a warm cardigan at all times. <laughs> you can't wear a warm cardigan in Canada at all times because have you ever been like Toronto in the middle of the summer? It is blazing hot. Oh, is it? Blazing oh. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only yeah. know it from, what do I know it from? Um, that show about the Canadian Mountie. And oh, yeah, Juice That one. Oh, I loved that one. Oh, God. Or what? maybe that was Alaska and it wasn't Canada at all. It was, oh, North something. And it was great. Northern Exposure. Northern Exposures. Oh, yeah. I love that show. I really fancied that bloke. Mm. And there's another Canadian show. There's a bit of a Netflix theme on this show. Um, Working Mums. Have you seen that on Netflix? Nope. It's very good. It, it, it's a little on the nose in terms of, um, so the setup is they're, they're in Toronto and it's there's about four working mums and they've all got small kids but they're all middle class and they have their careers um it's a bit bit of a dramedy it, it is very good three seasons of it huh. and um it's, it's very good it's uh you know women struggling with having their careers that's what and, i want to see uh, of an evening women struggling yeah it's that's funny. really relaxing it's good 
It's good. It's kind of like sex in the city, but nice middle class mums, that type of thing. Um, it's nice. You know, no one's wearing high powered suits. I don't know. I don't know what that is, Lucy. All I know is it's good and it's on Netflix and people should go and watch it. All right. Because it is funny. It is funny. And they're not all, it is, and they're not all super women by any stretch of the imagination. Boy, oh boy, are they flawed. Okay. Anyway, and that's that. Good. All right. So, um, hmm. uh, all right then, folks. We are, you probably noticed that there is not much flannel in this show because, uh, as Lucy's hinted at before, we've had some um, dreadful problems yep. with technology. And uh, this is um, day two of recording. So uh, I'm not going to uh, piddle about. I'm just going to say, here's some ads. And then here's some yokel. Oh, wait a minute. You haven't got any emails, have you? No. Right, smashing. Right, here's some ads, followed by Yokel Bear. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yokel Bear here with the social media roundup for the week. We started the week commiserating about poor old Johnny, who's been shafted, he's been dumped, he's been pushed to one side. Now, Bella said that he'd changed, but had he? Um, you know, what did what do we think of that? And also, Josh, Josh was the person she was kissing. Josh, really? Now, to Christine Coulson, that wasn't a surprise because she said Josh is a selfish and self-serving in other in every other area of his life. This isn't a massive surprise. Basically, he's a shit. Yeah, he is kind of, isn't he? But she also thought um, uh, that Johnny has always been sensitive and caring and thought that uh, he'll be with Lily by Easter. Um, yeah, and this was popular. Christine, you've you've hit a mood here because a lot of people thought the same. Drew Hamilton said this clears the way for Johnny and Lily to be together. Um, well, just <laughs> once she's um, dropped the uh, pervert. Al Williams said, stuff her, Johnny. You can do better than that. Now, some people thought that um, Johnny had changed. Glyn Fullerlove said... 
Um, I haven't spotted a change, but he does spend a lot of time at Bridge Farm, which is bound to have an effect. Um, But Stephen Bowden thought definitely there has been a change. Uh, He said, I think these become too serious, too fast. Dinner with his parents, his plan to cook for her. It was all probably uh, not the simple relationship she was after. Johnny needs to become more worldly. Of course, we haven't had the confrontation between Johnny and Josh yet. Um, Will that happen or will that just kind of disappear into the plotline black hole? I don't know. Anyway, as they say, when one door closes, another one opens and another one open for Helen this week. Um, Yes, Henry went missing. Terrible news. They found him. But anyway, Lee was there. And could this mean a rekindling? Um, and also, a lot of people mentioned about whether Rob would come back. Pip Deval said, I really do want uh, Lee and Helen to get back together. I think he's good for her and his gnarly martial arts skill, trademark Buffy the Vampire Slayer, would come in handy when Rob eventually returns. Are you, Pip, are you saying that Rob's a vampire? Actually, that does make a lot of sense. Our very own Witherspoon said, all I want for Christmas is you from Love Actually was playing in the background. So, you know, they'll be, they'll be together by New Year. Yeah, you can always tell the music, can't you? Stephen Bowden, who had a brilliant week on the socials, uh, said, I'm dreaming of a white trainer's Christmas, which really did make me laugh. However, Catherine D. Longston um, took a bit more of a sarcastic view, which I really appreciate because I thought this as well, when she simply said, Such chemistry. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've heard a more awkward scene than that conversation between Helen and and Lee. Totes orcs, as the the kids would say. Now, a lot of people were a bit disappointed, believe it or not, because they said, well, we thought it'd be Rob coming back. So, of course, we had to do a people's poll. Should Rob come back? Well, the answers are in, and the answer's no. No, absolutely no, 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 no. 77% of people said no. Um, A strange 23% of people want to see him back. Weirdos. Anyway, so the answer to that is no, no, no. But the next bit we're going to talk about is not no, no, no. It's ho, ho, ho. It's the Santa X Factor auditions. And um, we wondered how many of you were fearful that Russ was going to get the gig. And how would Harrison be, for instance? Heather A. Fossey said, How is Harrison going to manage that alongside the day job? I see a sickie coming. Well, to be honest with you, Heather, I think his day job is just having cups of tea in in the cafe, isn't it? Because he's always in the tea rooms. Victoria Little has said, I want Russ to get it and then be trampled to death by the reindeer. Yes, I think that's an idea we can all get behind. And talking of Russ's untimely but very satisfying possible death, um, we, we wondered this week, after that scene with Professor Jim and Russ, hands up who thinks Jim should have pushed um, Russ out of the attic window because, you know, Russ... 
Gene Bell said his use of Liz's mental health was absolutely despicable. He is despicable. I don't think I could loathe him anymore. I think Lizzie was very clever to come up with the idea of keeping them on the project, but apart. Now, actually, Gene, I agree with the first bit. He is absolutely despicable. His use of mental health was awful. But actually, I think Lizzie was actually just... It's a cop-out. She should have just... She wanted Jim to do this. Um, now she's brought Russ in. And it's clear that that's not what Jim wants. And the original plan was to, you know, for Jim to do this and Jim to do it his way. Um, so I think she just did it because she didn't want the confrontation with Russ, to be honest with you. Phil Park said Jim should have turned him into a ghost. Um, yet Phil actually just a quick shove out the attic window and I think that's possible. Ruth Simpson went to quite a dark place when she said perhaps they could bury Russ's dismembered corpse amongst the newly planted rewilding trees. He'd be useful as fertiliser. Um, yeah, a little bit dark there, Ruth. But yeah, actually, I think that's possibly the only use for Russ. And Kate Lyle, I think, summed up a lot of things and possibly summed up everything at the moment when she just said, it's complete bollocks and I hate it. Yeah, I feel like that about quite a lot of things at the moment. Anyway, just to finish off, we didn't have a thread about the BL board meeting because let's face it, how bloody dull was that? So in the end, we had an open thread where we said, right, get anything off your chest, anything at all, completely open thread about anything that's annoying you about um, Ambridge at the moment. Well, poor Devlin had a list, a very long list. Um, he said, Johnny's entire personality changed within two episodes. Josh is a complete tool. Henry has a new voice. Jill wants love, but still, but she doesn't want that. Um, Ruth moved back in. None of us care in any way whatsoever about rewilding. Um, can Spawn of Pip actually draw? We just heard a babble in the background. He's got a long list, basically. Um, Paul, yeah, I think you're right on all of them. I think you spoke for the nation. Paul Norris said, I'm torn between, I'm torn between wanting to know whether Tom and Natasha are going bust or breaking up and yet not wanting to hear her. Yeah, I think I'd hear on not wanting to hear her. Sarah Evans asked a question that got a lot of responses. People saying, yeah, that's a great question. Is Who moved into Home Farm? What's going on down there? Who's in there? Who are they? What are they doing? Well, you know, we know they've had a party, but, you know, what's going on? Now, I'm going to finish this social media roundup with a little bit of a, an award. Um, I'm going to award Marion Fenton the award for um, commitment to the cause of Ambridge, uh, going above and beyond um, a Dumpty Dummers um, posting to the uh, forum. Um, Marion said, I haven't heard this evening's episode, so this might have been covered. But it bothered me that Josh referred to uh, Johnny referred to Josh as a mate rather than a cousin. So I tried to figure out what the family relationship was. Couldn't do it in my head, so I scribbled it down, scribbled it down on the back of a paper bag. Have I got it right? Um, yes, you've pretty much got it right. And not only that, just the fact that you scribbled it down on a paper bag is just like that's commitment. That's real commitment to the archers. Well done, Marion. I think more people should should be scribbling stuff down on paper bags. But anyway, that's a social media roundup for the week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for that yokel bear. As always, tip-top, erudite, concise, uh, and witty roundup on things on Facebook. Do with our 
listeners. But Lucy, yeah. um, <clears throat> generally what follows social media roundup is you uh, shoehorning in some very funny mirror headlines. Yeah. So why don't you do that? Um, this is from um, the Northern Echo. Uh, homeless man arrested for throwing ferrets at a vehicle. Um, from BBC <laughs> Wales. <laughs> Owl clings to ambulance roof for trip to Bridgend A&E. And uh, the mirror uh, sent to me by Auntie Jean. God, love her. Um, Plane passengers rage enough is enough after horse spotted in economy. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I tell you what, just um, whilst it's on my brain, and you've mentioned a horse in economy. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm really noticing in American airports is the amount of pets that are now flying. Well, that's what this was. That? It was a comfort horse, but it was a little tiny weenie Shetland pony type thing. Goodness. Dickness. And they, they they have like your decent sized American airports now have um, like little comfort areas for animals to go and do their business. Mm. It's a proper thing. There's that many in airports now. Anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, tweets of the week. Uh, Exeter Dormouse, who we haven't heard from for a while, so that's very nice. Demetrios, this is culturally... Do you still fancy him? Yes. This is culturally insensitive and grossly offensive. Thanks, Zeus, I'm leaving this damp, nasty, xenophobic little island. Freddy, wahey! Smashes bone china plate on Demetrios's head. Um, uh, Laura Davis... Yes, let's hit small white balls around while we discuss how to smash the patriarchy, Rex. <laughs> That's Justin. Um, mm-hmm. Kerry Warbis. The milking records. Do they include Ernie the Fastest Milkman in the West by Benny Hill? Uh, the Starchers. Hello, said Lewis as he walked through the attic door, scaring the life out of everyone. And Tweet of the Week is John Kavanagh. Russ, who, who, who? Have you been a good little girl? Would you like to come out for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was very, very, very good. <laughs> I love the way, even though Lily is entirely over the age of consent, we've just made Russ a massive pedo and we're not having any truck with anyone that says he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> we, did we talk about Rex bumping into Justin? Oh, you did in your yeah. monologue. You did. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Right. Okay. Uh, that's it then, folks. It's over. Um, it's uh, quarter seven in the morning um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I'm going to go back to sleep after this uh, and have another half an hour's worth of kip. Uh, Lucy's going to go back with her day. But it's been one of those episodes, folks. But we've managed to get it out. Uh, if you'd like to comment on this episode, you can go on to dumdydum.com. And uh, after Cosmo's done his wonderful podcast roundup, you can then write a comment and go, uh, Lucy, it was a triumph. That monologue was fantastic. Royfield, you were below par yet again. <laughs> and uh, w- word, words to that effect. <laughs> also, whilst you're there, you could maybe hit the uh, the shop tab and uh, purchase a t-shirt that comes sporting a big dum dum logo across your chest and if you're a lady person maybe across your breast anyway so you can do all of that on dum dum 
patreon.com. You can also support this podcast by going on to Patreon. Now, um, we haven't done um, interviews with the actors recently, though, folks, I have sent off an email to Simon Firth, who... Frith. Firth, is it Frith? I can't remember. Frith. Frith thank you. Um, who did the Jim storyline asking if he would like to do a special show with us and explain how he came up with the idea of the storyline and how that's all plotted. And he said, no, go away, so, stop sitting crossed. outside my house. <laughs> I've told you He before. hasn't responded no, yet. Okay. I only sent it yesterday, oh, Lucy. Right, Give him chance. Anyway, so fingers crossed that that will come through and we're still waiting for for our red aren't we for, for barry yeah but he's had some some fa- family family dramas yeah. so understandably um he's kind of slightly put it on the back burner but normally if you if you spend two dollars per show you get behind the scenes interviews uh with the actors and the writers and the creators of this wonderful docudrama um the thing that we uh like to follow so that is a perk an incentive, a thing for you to do if you want to uh, give us $2 per, per episode. Now, Lucy, there's probably something... Um, it, oh, no, I'll, I'll just keep going. Yes. Uh, right, so um, right, what else do I say after this point? Um, you'd think after doing this for five years, I'd know this off by heart. Um, why don't you go on to SpeakPipe and uh, give, us, give us your thoughts and feelings on the last week in Ambridge. You can do that by going on to domdrum.com uh, and then hitting the speak pipe tab. And then I've forgotten the number. So why don't you come rescue me, Lucy? Because I can't find the script. 0203 <laughs> to leave us a message. And um, <laughs> on Twitter, you can find Yokel Bear at dumdydum. And also Yokel Bear is at Yokel Bear. Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Royfield. And of course, there is um, our sometimes co-presenter, Angela Barnes. You can find her at Angela Barnes. And then Facebook, if you want to get some Facebook action in your system, quite simply, you go into Facebook, you type in Dum Dum, out comes Dum Dum, and whilst you're on Facebook and you just do stuff. And that's awesome. Right now, um, I think we're at the end of the show. Great. So it's the time when I go, Lucy, uh, is there anything you'd like to say? to the assembled throngs that is the dum dum listeners all throughout planet Earth? Um, no, apart from have a lovely week. See you next week. And I'm sorry, but I have to leg it now so I can't chat. Mm. Now, I'm presuming that this next uh, plea is going to fall on somewhat deaf ears. But is it to me? You know, uh, oh. uh, no, 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 not in particular, no. Can I go um, now or can you, can you, are you going to keep talking while I go? Mm, this is going to be all of like 30 seconds okay if you know anything about remote uh remote hosting um and podcasting please get in contact with me because we need to ditch zencaster Mm. yes we really do now there are many other platforms out there so i use a thing called squadcast but Every other podcast that I do apart from Dum De Dum. And the reason why I still we still labor on with Zencaster is because Zencaster allows us to punch in the calls, uh, which the other platforms don't allow us to do. So the, the audio patches, I think, is the best way to describe them. Now, if you know anything about this whole field, 
and you know that there is another platform other than Zencaster which allows you to upload audio then play it whilst you're recording please email me royfield at gmail.com because we need to get off this platform too sweet because it's not fit for purpose there you go so um i know when i've said things like this before there has been uh, an email or two people saying oh have you tried this right field so please if you know anything about this field please email me because we cannot continue with zencaster it is shite yes Okay, Lucy, you go do your thing. Thank you very much. I will do mine. I will edit this. And um, it's been nice knowing you. And I'll see you all again (laughs) next week. You, Lucy, and the listeners. And uh, we'll have a right old royal time. Goodbye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.